0: Welcome back to the Alternate Shot Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Matt. And I'm Dave. The WGC in Mexico at Chapultepec is over. Friend, absolute friend of the pod. Phil Mickelson returns to glory. I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about about that. We have the Valspar in Tampa coming up, and we got a lot more to get into. Matt, take us through it. Yeah, we'll recap the WGC. We'll preview the Valspar like you talked about, loaded field.
1: Uh, we're going to talk about that distance report that came out today from the USJ and RNA, and um, And then we hit the Golf Expo here in Boston. We're going to we're gonna give that a little recap, too, before we sign off here. Full pod.
0: Sounds good. Let's get into it. So, Matt, the uh, the WGC in Mexico uh, did not disappoint. You called it. Phil Mickelson, um, you know, he, he had sort of given some indications... In prior weeks, that he really felt he needed a win, and uh, that's exactly what he got on Sunday in uh, in dramatic fashion.
1: I didn't see it, so you know I can't really. St- no, it was, <laughs> it was fucking awesome! It was a great tournament. Um, I think when we go through the uh, grade the event, we're gonna get a pretty pretty high score. We'll do the math correctly this week as well. I built a little uh, little thing in Excel so we can do the math and not not be wrong like we were last week. But yeah, um, a lot to go through. Let's let's kind of start at the beginning and work from there. Um, No cut in this event, no smiley in the field, um, no one shot 80, so there wasn't any like terrible golf. I think part of that is the quality of the field. Like we talked about, this is one of the most loaded fields you get all year. The other part was, you know, this elevated uh, course you're getting, it's effective. If you do the math, we, I think we underestimated how much effect it has. It's like 10 to 15%. So 7,300 yards, that becomes like a 6,400 yard course. So these guys chewed it up. They all played really well. Um, Gavin Kyle Green was DFL. It's an obligation to report DFL every week. He was 15 over, um, Malaysian guy who I'd never heard of. I guess he played in the Olympics. He played at New Mexico, um, so you know if someone's going to come and in, in last at a, a WGC event, I guess it's going to be someone like that. Hao Tong Lee was second from DFL. I know we talked about him mm. kind of playing more stateside, um, and how that might be an adjustment for him. It's been that that way clearly. Uh, this week's reminder that golf is hard. Russell Henley and the Duff Daddy both shot 79 on Sunday, which is a cool 15 shots worse than Justin Thomas. You don't really see that type of variance
0: at uh, at this level. No, that's a gap. That's a big gap. I mean, again, I I don't know how much of it is you're you're just sort of not in it. You're not in the in the field, not in the not in contention at the field level. um, But it's. It's bizarre. I mean, I don't know what it is on, on Sunday for these players where <laughs> you have that big of a delta. But it's weird. You see these guys on cruise control in the final and you almost forget about the rest of the field. But um, the golf at the top end of the, the leaderboard was exceptional on Sunday and uh, it was fun to watch.
1: Definitely. So a uh, couple couple of quick shout outs to I uh, want to acknowledge Golf Channel and NBC doing all the math for us with the distance and altitude. And then when they had, you know, elevation change on the shots themselves pretty helpful to, to have them show kind of what everyone's thinking through and what the calculus is like. Cause it was a little odd to see, you know, even though, you know, that they're at altitude, a you know, 285 yard five wood out of fill like flies the green and you're like, what the hell is yeah. this? <laughs> right? So it's helpful to be like, what well, this actually looks like versus what it's playing as throwing some wind and, and you began to understand why. So that was helpful and good to see, uh, friends of the pod who played well, Pat Perez uh, came in 20th, he was tied for the lead at one point on Saturday, then did not play well his final few holes Saturday, and then Sunday was four over. So dropped back, but uh, an encouraging, you know, 2.8 days out of him. Uh, similarly, Xander, uh, hot start, didn't play all that well Sunday, uh, was over par as well, I think he was three over on Sunday. Uh, but both guys should be, you know, you go to an event like this and, and you know, you're in the top 10 for a little bit, top five in Xander's case, got to be encouraged, uh, Spieth Berger and Fleetwood T14 uh, Patton Kazire 12 Bubba ninth. Bubba's like yeah
0: is Bubba back he it's one of those courses where he can really stretch with the driver I think it's one of those it's one of those those uh, courses that plays well for him but he's by no means out of it I mean I think like I said like he's his own worst enemy it's guys, whatever whatever he Bubba shows up back.
2: with you guys don't want Bubba to be back <laughs> you have this thing against Bubba you know, I, I, I we've, we I've, I'm guilty of it too. I've thrown some shade on him as well. But Bubba's back. I think Bubba's back. I don't know. Is Bubba back? <laughs>
1: I think he might be back. Be and back. I'm with you. I'm like pretty What's ambivalent he? on that. But <laughs> you know what? You can't argue. He's too good a player to ever truly disappear. Trampled on his disappear. reputation.
0: Trampled on his reputation. They're separate ago. things. Bubba Watson is is whoever shows up that week on Thursday is. It could be a total train wreck or the master's champion. I mean, the guy is undoubtedly talented, but you know, he's an emotional player and he's somebody that
2: we put him in the Ian Poulter category three weeks ago. Well he's in
0: he's in that category. I mean from, he's a hard up yeah, and that he's he's will a never change. but from a he's a much better player okay. than Fair. Ian Poulter. Fair. And his physical advantage, I mean, when you're on a golf course like this where you can really sort of freewheel it and take it, you know, hit the ball. I mean, to your point, fifteen percent more. Uh, distance for all shots through the bag. I mean, that's a place where I think Bubba starts licking his chops a little bit. Wants to show everybody what what he can do. Um, I, I'm not surprised to see him play well. I just look. I wouldn't like. I've said it before on the pod. I am not. I like when Bubba Watson's in contention. I think he's a fun player to watch. He's he's aggressive. He's um, you know he's not afraid to hit crazy tr- crazy shots. He reminds me of Phil in a lot of ways, right? Um, sort of win it all or go home. and, and I. It's fun to watch that type of golf, but um, any any assumption that he's going to be out of the game or no longer a contender, you know, I think as long as his ball striking is the way it is, he'll, he'll be he'll be around for years to come. He
1: also ditched the Volvic ball, which I don't think we've dedicated enough time to. That thing is a piece <laughs> of shit, and Volvic. he's like the only tour player. They're like colored differently so yeah. that people can like spot them in the leaves or, you know, in their old age. Uh, I have a yeah. friend with like limited eyesight, and he plays it, and I like tried the thing and it's awful. It's they're like cool it's, looking,
0: but they're they're cool looking. They're yeah.
1: awful, right? Um, so now he's playing with you know a Titleist or like a normal ball, right. and and I don't doubt at all that that's had an effect as well.
0: Yeah, I remember when he signed with them. It was like, what are you doing, man? Like, I I guess he's th- he's probably the type of guy that does his own you know contract negotiations and everything else. I could just be like, look, it's. It's different. It's fancy. It's pink. It's it's Bubba, it's like and he's like, damn right, it's yeah. Bubba. My
1: my my you know highlighter yellow ball
0: will right. pair well with my sky blue glove and yeah, pink, pink driver. driver it's right, like, oh, look dude. at me. I'm different, and edgy, and like you know. But then you realize it's like it's not a tour ball, so you're trading that off, which is a huge weapon in the game these days. Is the modern golf ball? Why you would not play the best is beyond me. But you know, it's Bubba, man. It's he, bought the arrow, the it's damn, he bought the damn. He bought the freaking. General Lee. I mean, th- this is a person that doesn't think he doesn't think strategically about his decisions. He, he's very impulsive. I think that extends to his equipment.
1: He bought a whole dealership, didn't you hear him bragging about that a couple weeks <laughs> oh ago? God. He's got so much money, dude.
2: More shade, more shade. Good on you, Bubba. I <laughs> hope he wins.
1: You've, you've he changed winning. your tune.
2: I, you know, he's won me over. You're not
1: singing the Eurythmics anymore. You're <laughs> you're singing Sweet pro Bubba stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Fan. the story on Saturday for most of Saturday was Shubankar Sharma, uh, 21 years old. It was his first PGA event. Um, 54 hole leader, Indian guy. People don't really know yeah. him. Um, qualified because I think he finished in the order of merit last year, um, on the Asian tour. And he was one of those guys where you're like, all right, day one, okay, he'll go away. Day two, he'll go away. And then, you know, after 54 holes, you're like, huh, this guy's still around. I guess he went up to fill on the putting green. Um, before their round on Saturday and went to like introduce himself and Phil was like not now guys like later and he thought he was like a part of the media and they just had like access rights in the ropes and and uh they said he was polite about it but then he's like yeah no man like I'm a player and he's like oh okay sorry <laughs> like I didn't recognize you there and I think a lot of people probably felt the same way so always kind of fun to learn um, you know kind of meet a new player in a sense right the yeah. announcers are explaining you know who he is they're showing his dad walking the grounds I guess his dad and bond Lahiri's dad were like stationed on the same army base and they're like yo like Lahiri's dad was like yo you should get your kid into golf like it'll pay <laughs> off and like apparently it's that easy um, <laughs> and now he's you know now he's playing WGC events he he finished in uh, ninth he didn't yeah. play all that well on Sunday uh, was in the final group, didn't putt very well. Um, but, you know, yeah. good good experience for him. I'm sure he'll make, you know, some President's Cup teams and stuff. It's, yeah. it's just always fun to to see someone new and, and kind of get to know someone new. And and this was uh, this was certainly no exception.
0: Yeah, he's a good young player. He, um, you know, like you said, he didn't finish very strong. He had four bogeys in the last six holes uh, to finish out the round. But, you know, he moved up in the world rankings from 75th to 66th, um, which sort of gets him Close to the the Dell Technologies match play to qualify, and of course Masters is top fifty. So you never know what'll happen between now and then. But it's cool to see um, you know a new young player you know burst snap. But you're right, Phil had a funny quote. He said, <laughs> "He said I know what a great player Mr. Sharma is." Actually, I probably shouldn't say that. He's 26 years younger than me, <laughs> and it's like you think about that for a second. And you're like, damn, you're right. I mean, Phil is old, but you forget like 26 year delta there, and that's in that grouping. Um, and, and to your point about how impressed. You know he was playing with Phil. It's like he he said, um, if you would have asked me four months ago that I would have been playing with Phil at a WGC on the last day, I would have just laughed. So it's a, it's a cool story. I right? mean, Phil's
1: been in the top fifty in the world since a year before. He's an icon. Excuse me. Mm, yes. Yeah. for twenty seven years. Total so stable. so Sharma was like not even a twinkle yeah. in his parents' eye at that point. No. I mean, he's he's been around for this guy's new this. He's new blood, and Phil's been around forever. Um, so that's. Yeah. Just Uncle Phil, just doing Uncle Phil things, you know, being polite to the guys that we met, Mr. Sharma. What a guy. What, what a, great a guy. guy. Uh DJ and Sergio T seven, Brian Harmon uh in fifth. Tyrell Hatton and Rafa Gaburabeo um, tied in third. They uh Hatton is someone we've talked about, um, impressive kind of European statistics. Um, you know, played well. He he his putter let him down a little bit on uh you know the other day or yesterday when we talked about the other day yesterday um but he played well and, and was definitely in the mix I think was was basically in in the high up until the 72nd hole he's got the ping sponsorship he's kind of like a he's not like stocky but he's not mm-hmm. like slender he kind of has this like lee westwood <laughs> vibe about him and you know i don't know maybe he'll get a maybe he'll get like a, a makeover now that he's on the state side a little bit more because that's not typically someone you want to be associated with from like a marketing <laughs> standpoint over here. But like his game is great. Um, yeah. You know, definitely has all the shots. Seems like, a, like a, a fun guy, like a lot of them are, you know, like um, uh, Fleetwood and, and hmm. who I'm blanking on someone right now. Um, Danny, Willett, Danny right? Willett. The guys that seem, they're, they're like chatty, they're kind of funny, like bantering with, with their co-players and their, um, you know, their caddies and stuff. So probably more to come out of Hatton, um, he played well. Cabrera Bello, uh, same thing. Was was on fire for a, a period there Saturday. I think birdied like five holes in a row to climb mm-hmm. up the board. Um, one of the prettiest swings I think I've seen. Yeah, like, he's, he's, he's got the Adam Scott just like it's perfect. Like you just kind of look at him do it, and you're like, okay, that looks simple. Why can't I do it? Um, so you know he's played well the last couple turns out as well. So I suspect we'll see more of him. He's kind of a uh, I don't know. I feel like he'll win. I feel like he's he's kind of always around. You know, he's always in, in contention, at least, like, in the top 20, right? In one of these weeks, he's just going to, like, stay hot for long enough uh, and get a W. But let's get to the drama. Let's get to the the final two. So, JT, you know, probably good for him to, like, skip town, get out of the country, lay low, getting kind of <laughs> hot there for him. Um, and he didn't do anything Thursday and Friday. He was even after 36 holes. I guess he, like, FaceTimed with his dad. Um, and was like, and here's, you know, I'm not comfortable over the ball at all. I'm not happy with how I'm playing, blah, 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 made some adjustments. Um, don't know what they were, but wow. Yeah. Um, cause then he played the, uh, he shot 62, 64. So that's 16 under for the weekend. Um, he unbelievable. <laughs> it was a clinic. Like it was an absolute clinic. He could do everything. He's making all his putts. He was doing everything right. He except may- <laughs> the par three 17th. He had, uh, He had a one shot -shot lead and then he, you know, pretty like not terribly difficult hole. um, And he could not get up and down after he went over the green. Then he gets this eagle on 18, which would have been, which could have been like a walk off eagle, which is some like video game shit. Like it was (laughs) sick. It was sick. Like he, you just knew once it took its first hop and started coming back, you're like, okay, like this might track in. Did gave him a two stroke two stroke lead. Um, it was awesome. It, it's uh it's the sort of it's the sort of play from JT that you know makes you really think that he could, and we've been pushing off this conversation. Maybe we'll do it like next week, the spieth JT discussion. you I would not I would not acknowledge having, you know, well, six I mean, months ago. But goddamn. God th- like the,
0: the the numbers this guy's putting up are pretty, pretty ridiculous. He made fourteen birdies, two Eagles, and two bogeys on the weekend. And uh, the PJtour.com article has it at 200 feet of putts that he made on the weekend. And uh, aside from, you know, I mean, you play that you play that weekend 10 times, he wins nine times, right? Like Phil played incredible, but this guy is showing up week in, week out and playing championship caliber golf. Like I don't know how we can avoid the conversation of him. And, and it's funny, we, we talked about... The Spieth JT rivalry, like, would it become a thing? And it was obviously too early to tell. But, I mean, I don't know what else he has to do outside of winning a Masters um, to put himself in that in that conversation. I don't think he even needs to do that. We, I mean, I think he does just because it's the Masters. But, yeah, I, I mean, look, he's playing at a level that you know few people ever attain, but he's doing it consistently. Like I said, I think his mentality is correct. His priorities are right. He's focused on what... He, I'm focusing on winning, right? Just for the, sh- the sake of winning. Um, that is, you know, Phil said he needed to win to get, you know, get himself mentally in contention for the Masters. I think JT is mentally in contention every week. And, you know, we saw that with Jordan Spieth for a long, long period of time. And, you know, when you're in that mode, you're hard to beat. And he's, he's showing that. he is the guy to beat week in and week out.
1: Just incredible that someone can be 11 off the lead on Saturday morning and go and come in second place. Like, I, I can't think of anyone else who kind of puts that fear into people and, and maybe maybe Spieth when he gets super, super hot or something and maybe DJ, but like, that's it. And that's remarkable that he was able to put on the, the display that he did. Um, and you're right, probably on any other week he would win. But uh, this week was Phil's week. And Phil, we have talked a lot about, we've made a lot of the fact that Phil has not won, you know, in like four and a half years or whatever. And that's true, but he's also come extremely close a bunch of times. Right, in, that's in, why it
0: seems so weird when you're like, he hasn't won in four years, what? like, Because he's been in contention for that period of
1: time. Yeah, I mean, he's got like, I think he came in second at the Masters, mm-hmm. second in the PGA Championship, and second at the British in in that window. A British, by the way, where he beat the third place player by 11 strokes. Like, yeah. <laughs> just dominated that course. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, Stenson was just on another level that week. Um, but he's had some other opportunities to win that he's he's just not quite nailed down. And he'd been saying, like, it's a matter of time, like, I'm, I'm you know, I'm playing better, I'm getting better, I'm, I'm getting closer. And he got it done. Um, he, uh, we kind of saw all versions of Phil today. You know, we, we talked about the ability, his ability to shot make and how that would play well here, since there's so many intricacies with the distance and this, that, and the other. Um, that was on full display. Scrambling. If you watched Sunday, you saw Phil like punching out of the woods. Um, There was a, there was a ball. So the, the shot before JT hit his 18th, Phil kind of missed the fairway to the right and could have played this kind of like low draw around the trees. And he just sets up and he's just like, he's just hitting the ball into a tree, like into like 20 trees and like Malty's down there. He's like, yeah, I guess like there's a window and the announcer's like, well, I don't see it. And he's like, yeah, I don't either. But like Phil's going to go do it. And, I, I took some pictures of it's like laugh out loud funny he just like pounds the ball into a tree and you're like what the phil what the fuck are you doing and then it like ends up you know missing the green by two feet just right. short he gets up gets up and down just incredible vintage phil um he putted extremely well that is uh that is why he got this w um He, you text me over the weekend at one point, he was 53 out of 53 inside of 10 feet, like midpoint Saturday. Insanity Um, numbers there. How
2: dialed in is that guy? I mean, they zoomed in a couple times on him. Like, how intense are his eyes? I mean, he's got to have, you know, to do what he does and to do it at that level and to do it for so long and so long during a long day, long tournament, he's got to have concentration off the charts. I don't know what he's on, what he's taking, but I want some of it.
0: That is you know the mean? hardest stat, too. Like, that is the part of the game that you would never fault somebody for missing once, twice, eight times in that in that streak. But to be 100% for that long, making everything, I mean, like, one, that wears on your competitors, right? Like, goddamn, like, what do I have to do to, to make some ground up on this guy? And the answer is, like, you can't. You can't beat somebody that's putting that well. It reminded me of like Tiger had a crazy stat. Drink. <laughs> Tiger. <laughs> Glad you said it. Tiger. Tiger had a stat where I think it was inside four feet. He had some ridiculous percentage, like ninety-nine percent inside four feet for like, like two years, something like that. Maybe not that high, but something something incredibly high. It was way more than than the next nearest competitor. And remember how like deadly he was inside that range, but to do it inside ten feet, like for in a in a single tournament. Um, it's it's fun. it's a, it was special to watch. Yeah, and they're Poana greens too. They're not like right at altitude. Yeah, right? you're not in your element. Like this isn't your home course, right? This isn't
1: right, and you're in the last group of the day both days. Greens, greens have been walked firm. on all day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just all scuffed up. Pretty wild. Um, he yeah, he hit this bomb on 16 to to get to 16 under, um, and then made you know pretty clutch putts. He had a pretty difficult uh, two putt on eight on uh, 17, and then on 18, you know, to force the playoff. So um, and then in the playoff hole, he he lipped out. I mean, I, I don't I don't know how that didn't go in. It ended up not mattering because JT mm-hmm. missed, spot. missed the yeah. green and, and then couldn't get up and down. Um after almost getting his ball stepped on by that camera guy, that was ridiculous. Like who I <laughs> know, I agree. What are you doing? What are you this doing? This is your job. Like yeah. and JT, it's not like the ball was just like kind of randomly there. I mean JT and his caddy are like next to it. And the camera guys is like, oh, don't mind me. And JT had to like hit him with a stiff arm, you know, make sure he didn't miss it. Um, they were joking after and actually, you know, obviously didn't have the the wherewithal in the moment, but you get a drop if that happens. Yeah. Probably would have had a better lie. Probably would have gotten up and down. Um, but like, probably something that's unnerving. Like, hey, man, I'm trying to focus. And you're like, trying to like stomp on my shit. Like,
2: you got to give him credit, though. He didn't, he didn't use that as an excuse. I, I would have, I, if anybody, uh, you know, I've given him crap for being all, um, You know, with with the whole blaming people in the crowd for yelling and all that, I would have thought he would have been the first guy to throw that guy under the bus for...
1: Well, I bet he got some serious PR coaching this week. Like, I don't care what happens. Like, you just be grateful. Easy
2: Rod. Easy Rod. He was, was, you know, in the interview after, he blamed nobody but himself, basically. And he was, you know, kind of funny with it. I should have let him kick it, maybe. And... Um he gave all the credit in the world to Phil and you gotta give him credit for that i would I would have thought it would have been the other way. I thought thought he would have made some kind of comment or something. But yeah
1: him and Phil are friends they um they were telling a story on on Golf Channel today. I guess uh, Phil went up to to JT like maybe late last year he's like, hey like you know I've been uh, been watching you a bunch recently and like oh like a couple like couple things here and there I think could like make you a better player. And he's like, oh like tell me what they' are. And he's like, well, I can't tell you because we're still competing <laughs> and then just like walked away. Um, and they used to Phil brought him into the the money matches that they play, uh, you know, Speed and Ricky and and him, and I guess JT, you know, can definitely talk the talk while they're out there playing, and, and Phil, no stranger to doing that. So I think they have a pretty cool relationship. And you're right, um, you know, nothing but but grace out of out of both of them after the win. Um,
2: they play money games against each other. Is that oh yeah, oh, yeah. I mean,
0: they're
1: legal? like,
2: <laughs> is that illegal? Is that
0: it? Is on their own dime. You can't do it during the events, but yep, which I'm sure they probably still do, but yeah. Okay. Um, Phil's notorious for it too. He he loves to get action going. He loves to sort of egg guys on, and you know wherever there's a money match, you, Phil's usually not too far away. That's at least the rumor. Right? I think I they're playing for like big money too. Oh hell yeah! Just like bagger pants? Like, I thought
2: that stuff was like against the law. I mean these guys are. These guys I guess are it's one of the only so. ways
0: for them to get. I've heard this argument that these that at that level to simulate the pressure of a tour event or or something like you'd you'd find on the weekend. That's exactly it. Is they put money on it and like not insignificant amounts like multiple tens of thousands of dollars potentially like multiple times during the round. Stuff gets doubled. Stuff gets you know like but I guess I mean I don't know what he made last year on the golf course, but uh, I'm sure it's, and off the golf course, I'm sure it's sort of dropping the bucket. But yeah, they they get some so it's serious...
2: Illegal. It's just frowned upon, like... Serious action,
0: airplane. yeah. I mean, okay. you can bet anybody anything. It's just as long as it's not like a... Yeah, well, as long as thing, you pay your taxes on that, which I'm sure Phil does. Of course does. he does. Yeah. He's got yeah. KPMG hat, yeah, you know. I'm he's sure he does. He's an accountant for all of it. Definitely accountant for all that, <laughs> all that cash. Or, or, you know, you pay the income, you can also write off the losses, yeah, I guess. Insider right? trading, everything. <laughs>
1: Good point, right? He's just tax loss harvesting. He's like, oh yeah, shit, So Shit, I lost that. I lost three million dollars uh, this yeah. year in gambling. Um, no, there's some good <laughs> stories of him. They're playing like, uh, you know, they're playing <laughs> like, they're playing Air Hammer one time, so they end up playing for like, they literally like 32 x to the hole by the time the foursome got to the green. He had some like very expensive putt. Another one of him playing a money match and whoever it was was like, what are we playing for? And he said, whatever makes you nervous. Yeah. And like, that's the point. Um, and it probably does help. I mean, how could it no not? question. Right? you have like some knee knocker, eight foot putter, and you're no like, question. okay, like I need to be ready to make this putt potentially on Sunday, you know, now I've kind of gone through it with my heart racing, and it's a little different. But it, yeah, that's like an unspoken thing. I remember we played against some like Australian, like 16-year-old, and the kid beat him, and he like told everyone, he's like, yeah, I pulled like 15 grand off of Phil, and Phil was like, first of all, no. Second of all, he should never have said that. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the third of all, yeah, it totally happened. Well, yeah, it's just one of those unspoken rules, I guess. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Phil. Um, and I will not, uh, I will not overdo this, but um, yesterday was awesome. Yep. I was so happy. Um, it just, like, it, it it was, it had this weird feeling. So, like, when the Patriots, like, win the Super Bowl, right? And it's, like, this, like, F you to Goodell, right? <laughs> that, that was, like, that, that felt great.
0: A cathartic moment.
1: Yeah, because yeah, it was, like, some sort of, like, vindication vin- yeah. of, like, we've had to go through like some bullshit and yeah. now like we're out right um and this kind of felt like that not like there's been anything on the order of like the league getting in the way of phil but like he's been good enough he deserves better results than what he's gotten and so to finally get this w, so like people can stop talking about it he has said like i need to win so that i can feel like i'm in contention at augusta this win puts him using fourth on the Ryder Cup list right now. They called him a lock today on Golf Channel. He's got more points than speeth. He knocked Ricky out of the top eight. Uh, the top eight are the auto qualifiers. I mean, he his last four events: fifth, second, sixth, and now first. Um, There's like a lot to unpack here. Right? Like uh, he's going to make the Ryder Cup team. Like he's going to play his way onto the team. That's he's awesome. Th- he's
0: third in the FedEx Cup, right? Yeah, now.
1: he's definitely I think got to be one of your five favorites going into Augusta. Um, and maybe more broadly, he, during his post-match, and this might have been like the competitive juice just going a little overdrive because he just won, but someone was like, this is your 43rd win, you're seven shy of 50, and before the guy could even ask the question, he goes, oh, I'll get there. I he was that. like, when? He's like, well, I don't know when, but I'll get there. And you could argue that he's played well enough to just, if he picked up one win each of these last four kind of winless years, he'd yeah, but- be like nearly, nearly there, right? But he hadn't. So he's going to need some like reversal of fortune or something. I mean, to win seven more times, basically needs to win once or twice a year for five more years. Now he's 52. It just,
0: I don't know, but like I'm
1: definitely enjoying it now and not getting carried away on this like pursuit of 50. Well, the
0: stat though, and I remember we talked about this, like I've never understood the, like the sentiment around Phil, like, well, is he sunsetting his career? Because if you look at the numbers, yeah, yeah. The main headline, it's like, oh yeah, he broke a 96 tournament winless streak. He's the oldest winner of a WGC event. The uh, last guy, the guy he passed was VJ, right? So we're talking about guys who... Like, that's a stat that you say when you're like, wow, you know, the old guy's still got it. But if you look at the the performance statistics of, of what he's put up, he's actually been hanging around in the hunt for, for quite some time. It's not like he's been, you know struggling to kind of find his game and finally put, put it together for four days, and, and, and that's why we are where we are. This is a guy that's been knocking on the door. He had, like you said about the British Open, he easily could have won that tournament. He played certainly well enough to win. Um, he's been top tens in majors. He's been top tens on the PGA Tour, um, you know, year in and year out, and, and increasingly, I think the, the storylines have been maybe Phil is no longer Phil. Maybe we've seen, you know, the peak of his career I guess you could say the peak has passed, but like it never really sat well with me because it wasn't backed up by any hard statistic. The meanwhile, tiger's getting, you know, 20, 20 to one odds to win the masters and like ridiculous statements like, you know, tiger's going to win five times this year and maybe he'll win two majors. Like because people saw him hitting balls in the range, Phil, who's out there actually doing it, wasn't really getting any love. And I like, I mean, maybe I'm missing something because even Phil himself said he needed to have a win to get back mentally in contention. But Man looking at the guy play, I wasn't seeing the giant gap in his game that you know maybe indicated that he didn't have what it took to um, you know to contend anymore I- Well this is, the, this is the Ricky Fowler
1: thing. like he's, he's making the top 10 half of his events. like he has every shot in the bag he's doing everything. He has won like big events in the past you know the players is, is not nothing. but you can't I mean, biggest Ricky Fowler fans go in, you and I, and I right. don't think either of us with a straight face and be like yeah no i think ricky's gonna win a major this year He hasn't like done
0: enough winning but we're also right? not Whereas, saying is ricky done was he just a flash in the pan because he's a young guy and we always we all assume he's got many majors ahead of him well like, that's, why that's couldn't an age phil? thing that's not yeah but phil just proved this week that really age is, is irrelevant on the pga tour at least when it comes to phil like he outclassed justin thomas who like broke the course record on the weekend, and. and you know, tore his fucking tore the golf course up, and Phil held the charge right and and didn't fall apart and didn't do the things that you would expect somebody who's being written off to do. And I think, look, what part of Phil's is he's not hurt, right? He's not a short hitter of the golf ball. Like, where's the weakness in Phil's game that age is causing, and where has that been showing up in tournaments?
1: Well, I, I agree with you, but someone might answer that question by saying. This guy is clearly focused more on uh, – You know, he's thinking about his legacy more. He's, he's, he himself has said, you know, I'm going to qualify for these next two Ryder Cups, and, like, then I don't know. You know, his, his kids are going to college. He's – I mean, there's just a – he is the oldest guy out there making any meaningful right. you know, dents on the tour. He has arthritis. Like, he, he has these things that are, are – you know, he's split with the caddy. Like, the whole thing. Like, I, I get how people could look at that and say, taken together – and mm-hmm. combined with a four and a half year drought, um, you know, and combined with just the emergence of, I mean, since since we talked about that, that open that he won, I'm pretty sure Spieth rode on Phil's jet because he qualified the week before because he won the John Deere, right? Yeah, that's right. So this, we're, that was literally like before Spieth. Right. It's also before Justin Thomas. It, I mean, it's, it's truly, like, before the existence of these players on the tour who are now, like, kicking everyone's ass. So mm. I think that's part of it, too. You see someone, and I mentioned this on a previous pod, like, anytime someone like Siwoo Kim or, like, Tommy Fleetwood comes and plays over here, like, an exciting young player, you know, that's, uh, that's one more person that Phil has to beat that week, right? And so I, I yeah. think that that's why people are beginning to think of it. But, but I totally agree with you. There was nothing about his game specifically you know, he's never like when DJ is 47, I'm going to be like, I think DJ will probably not be able to hit the ball as far as he has. And he has kind of made, you know, made his mark off the tee, right? His game will struggle probably as he gets older. Phil, you're right. Very loopy swing. You know, he's not dealing with back injuries and stuff. He's never been reliant on any one part of his game. He has been a thoughtful player, like plays the ball, on the, plays the game on the ground like a by Ballesteros and can play for a long, long time. So I agree with you. Um, but I, I also, I just think there is a reality of, like, when he's 50 years old, that's three years from now, I just think it's unrealistic to expect some, like, 50-year-old guy to go out there and, like, compete every
0: week. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's never been done. It's just, I remember when Jack, and well, when Jack won the Masters, that was an era when, when guys really weren't competing late well into their careers. And it was, like, incredible that Jack could do that. He just looked, he looked, old, like, no, no offense to Jack, but he looked... Like an older player he looked like you know he was definitely way past his prime players are playing further into their careers i don't know if it's something to do with you know the the athleticism that's been brought into the game how these guys take care of themselves or just the fact that we're all you know living longer and people in the and sports in general people's careers are, are getting longer um i don't it doesn't seem as shocking to me if phil wins another green jacket right To me, it's not this, wow, can you believe this guy's winning? I mean, even when VJ was doing it, it was like, man, that guy is impressive for somebody who's that old. You know, you forget. But Phil doesn't feel old to me. Maybe it's because you're right. Maybe it's because we've known him for so long and he's such a part of the narrative, but he still can ball. And but anyway, the, the question I have for you is like, what do you think? Now, Phil said it himself. He needed to win a tournament prior to Augusta to really believe that he had what it took to win. What do you think this win does for Phil? And what do you think it does to his chances at Augusta? I think there is
1: something to be said about the mental accomplishment of I won. That is very different than I played really well and did enough things to put myself in contention to win. And if he hadn't won this, I mean, you you would imagine Phil sitting at home being like, I don't know how that putt on the the first playoff hole didn't drop he almost chipped in for eagle um like on the second hole and that lipped i don't know how that didn't go in he'd be sitting here being like the only reason i didn't win the british open is because henrik stenson shot you know like a 45 like on sunday it's the only reason i didn't win (laughs) and i didn't win the pga because like you know rory was in like peak rory and i lost by a stroke like there's all there's all these excuses and now oh i didn't win this week because jt you know holed out from 120 yards Mm -hmm. like at a weird altitude he like took a guess and like just trickled in for him like what do I need to do and I think that there I don't care how good you are I think there's like some amount of doubt you know if you're a thoughtful guy you're like this just like isn't going my way and you would suspect that maybe that could have that would just be in your ear a little bit you know if you're if you're one back or you're one up you're like all right what what am I going to three putt here on the back nine so like where do I need to like go for it and do something I don't want to do don't feel comfortable doing I think it does a lot. I think there's just, uh, like anything, it, it's validation and vindication. It, it does a lot for just your attitude and your outlook and your confidence and, and your approach. And uh, I think this kind of re-energizes him. He's like, yep, I'm here. I'm definitely one of the favorites in Augusta. Um, I think this does a lot for him. And, and as someone observing, I think it moves him. I don't want to get him, like overcook one win, but like I feel far more comfortable Like picking him to win the Masters as opposed to saying, yeah, he'll play well. Yeah. But like Thomas will win because Thomas has been like slamming the door on people like week after week after week for like five months now. Yeah. Or just like Rory's got more talent. You know, Phil, it's like, all right, Phil's going out there and he's like in the top five every single week. And now he's like closing it out. He's like making clutch putts. He's like hitting balls through the forest and like he's, you know, he's doing everything right (laughs) and he's winning. So uh, it, it does a lot for me as a fan, I suspect, you know, in talking. I don't think his confidence has ever been a problem. Um no, but I think I think not. if you put some some truth serum in him, he'd be like, Yeah, no, I hadn't won in four and a half years and it was like yeah. pretty fucking annoying and like and a lot of it I deserve to win. And like now I won and it's great. And like I'm I'm back, baby. Like
0: it's really been
2: yeah. four and a half years since his last win.
0: Yeah. July twenty thirteen. Oh, yeah, it yeah, feel it doesn't feel that long, I, Yeah, you're right. I think I think there's a huge difference between winning and coming close, you know, to winning. The what should have been versus what did happen is is big and i don't know we both talked about it last week you know when you when you picked phil i was like i really liked that pick i wasn't joking like you could kind of feel this building over the last few weeks right and you look at his finishes as you mentioned earlier you know he'd been i think that's what four straight top i think it was top if you include the six top sixes right but like four yeah. in a row and he was saying what he wanted to do and he was getting closer and closer and closer kind of felt like it was going to happen and for some r- weird reason i know we're, we're a little early to start talking about the masters but it kind of feels like something special is uh is uh is in the works here so it's going to be a a awesome um you know lead up to, to augusta and i really can't wait to uh to talk about it uh you know when it comes to phil
1: i know we're only like a month away so it's not it's not that early um 1.7 million dollars for phil um you know, obviously, ashtray money. Yeah, well, no, I mean, he's, money he's, game money. he's obviously just like so in debt to, you know, gambling people that he's inside trading and stuff. So maybe now this will, this will give him a little bit of air, right? Yeah, uh, nice little 1.072 reprieve. for JT in second, by the way. So don't, don't feel too bad for, for JT grades. I get an A because I picked Phil. Um, burnt Wiesberger came in. Th- he was forty fourteen 14 back came in 30th. So, pretty proud of myself you get a d plus sorry my <laughs> man uh john rom in 20th this is starting to become a thing like my dfl plays great every yeah. time i pick him <laughs> adam hadwin t9
0: uh made that sick putt i thought rom was a lock man Hadwin was a stretch for dfl but yeah it was funny when you, you, t- you texted me you're like <laughs> or maybe you put it on, on instagram i don't know but yeah it was, put it on yeah the gram. yeah like <laughs> Mike doing his weekly, uh, you know, charging up his DFL player. Fuck me.
1: Well, it's, and this is part of it, but like Golf Channel, right? When they show some guy who's like, and I did this, I put another thing on the gram of of Schwartzl, and it's like, here's Schwarzel, who's 11 shots back, like his approach shot from 288, and just like, I know what's happening. (laughs) Like, there's no suspense here. Right. This is like going in, or, you know, in, in that shot's case, one inch away. Um, same thing with just like randomly like, let's go to Hadwin for no reason at all. And it shows yeah. them like putting totally sideways. And I was like, yeah, this okay. is going in. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only Fine. reason they're showing it. Um, event grade. I like this
0: game. It's a good game.
1: Um, this probably won't be the most uh, controversial scoring we ever do. But did we enjoy the tournament out of two? I am a two.
0: I'm definitely a two. Yeah.
1: Did we like the outcome out of one? One. I am a one, as are you? Great. Did we like the players involved? One. Two. <laughs> uh yeah.
0: I'm gonna say, yeah, I'll say two. I'll say two.
1: You know like Cause Sergio was kind of in it and like Hatton's yeah. this new guy that that you know I, I was glad to get to see. The only thing that like could have potentially made it better was Ricky, but honestly, like JT Phil playoff. Like you can't be cheese. So you gave it a two. Yeah. I think we know the answer to the next question. Was there drama? One. one. Yes, absolutely. Will we talk about this tournament again? One, one,
0: yep. Um, well, yeah, we will because I think it'll be. Well, I guess it depends on what happens later this year. I mean, a WGC is a, is not. A, we've talked about this. It's not a major. Um, this will not be looked at as a prestigious win. And Phil's um, Phil wins the Masters resume. We'll talk about this again. But if he wins, well, the it's Masters, a World Golf Championship. I mean, it's like this is an important. Win. It, it is, but I mean, I mean, Phil's career will be spoken about in respect to his majors, right? Unfortunately for the players and unfortunately for the world golf championships. And unfortunately for the FedEx cup, we're not there yet. Um, but if Phil wins the masters and basically fucking calls it that he had to win prior to that, this will be talked about as an incredible lead up because he talked about getting a win. I- exactly how this is happening. Like, so he's, he's starting to sort of foresee what he needs to do. And, Depending on how his his year ends, this could be the, po- the point where Phil kind of returns to peak form in dramatic fashion.
1: So I agree. Um, I, I don't think we will talk about this tournament again in the same way that we will talk about the Honda Classic again, because I think we'll talk about that for 15 years, unless JT is a perfect angel going forward. So I'm going to give this a 8.9. Right. So we're just off the perfect score. Bonus, though... Did Michigan win the Big, 12, Big Ten basketball tournament during this golf tournament out of .1? Did Michigan? Yes. I have no idea. Oh, yes, What did you do yesterday? Yes, they did. So that's .2 bonus points. We get a 14.1 out of 14. I had a great Sunday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, you did. Have a day, Matt.
1: It was sick. Um, okay. Oh, a couple other people won this weekend, getting off the, getting off the schneid. Steve Stricker. Friend of the pod, Steve Stricker, um, won for the first time in over 2,000 days. He won on the Champions Tour, but it was his first win since the 2012 Tournament of Champions out in Hawaii. Um, Strick. Pretty emotional. He showed me interviewing, he and he was, yep, he was like, I haven't, uh, he was like, I haven't won in a while, and this, uh, you know, he's like, I, I get emotional after each one, but this one, like, you, you know, you never know when you're going to win again, and this one felt great. Um, and then Michelle Wee. Uh, Birdie the 72nd hole at the HSBC Women's World Championship in Singapore. It's her first win since the 2014 U.S. Women's Open. Yeah, it's um, so
0: good to see that. I'm a huge Wii fan. Um, she's a baller, man. Like it's fun to watch her play. She's like the physicality she brings to the game, and uh, she just seems like she has so much fun out there doing it. Um, she's come a long way since she,
2: you know, tapped out of a men's. Yeah, I mean, she kind of jumped the gun on the men's. I want to play with the men. I think that's, that's unfair. That's so unfair because like, you know,
0: first of all, she came on with an almost unattainable amount of hype, right? Like the, the amount of athletes that have like risen to that occasion are like three, like Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan and like LeBron James, right? Cristiano Ronaldo, right? Like th- there are very few people that can actually say. This is a transformational athlete going to change the world of, of sport in his own way or her her own way. Like, we was expected to do that. And then the second she didn't do that, everybody pounced on her. I think that her.
2: ruined her for a little bit. I, had, I didn't they see her. They pounced on her. For, she was a kid. She was a
0: kid. Like, she yes, quit golf for yes, a while. Yes. She played, it. She, was, she was invited to play in a PJ Tour event with a sponsor exemption. And, like, yes. But so did Annika Sorenstam. And, you know, it's not the first time it happened. And I just think it was. I don't know. I think it was an unfair level of of, um, you know, criticism for her. And you're right. Like her career kind of had a very slow, you know, start because, again, people were expecting her to win multiple majors. And it's just cool to see her winning again. And I don't know. I think she's great for the game. She's only twenty. do yeah, not forget eight, that too. Twenty-eight years old, right? She's she's young kid. Anywhere. She's got a whole career ahead of her. She's gonna be great. She's gonna win a lot more majors, and it's gonna be. And
1: she's like, she's she's down with uh, with JT and yeah, they're all and Ricky, yeah, they uh, they like hang out and drink together, and uh, <laughs> you know, like travel together. Uh, dude, Michelle Wie does it for me too. I, <laughs>
0: Whoa! Hey, I don't <laughs> think that's a hot take by the, the way. Friend of the Pud Pod. I Yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna blame you there.
1: The Valspar Championship. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> no, I offered that information willingly and, and I I am proud of it. Michelle. If you're Lee. listening, Michelle. Yes, which you definitely are, um on your flight back from Singapore. <laughs> um what's up? Valspar. Okay, the uh what's up? Stump Mike. Last week you jokingly referred to rule 23-1 so <laughs> oh, if you. you don't know it you can't be a fan of the game 23-1 picked up a rule book at the expo um, what is rule 23-1 it, like i can't ask you to like read the rule but what what does it, what it refer it referring to? to
0: yeah 23-1 is if a if your ball strikes an opponent or an opponent's piece of equipment uh, you are allowed to drop the ball with no penalty as close to the spot as possible. If the ball's in motion, though, you must play it as it lies. You gotta play the ball
2: as it lies.
0: As it lies after the ricochet. Sorry, that's that's the rule.
1: Well, I think we all know the play the ball as it lies rule, right? That's rule. <laughs> but if it hits
0: the opponent's player, if it, it hits the opponent's. If if it hits, sorry, there's two. It because a stroke play, no penalty. You play it as it lies. In match play, your opponent loses the hole.
1: Is that right? Is That's even not even right. Close? Damn it. Um, it. Well, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of close. It Freud, Did I get close? Yeah. Freud, uh, another point for Freud here, having a point. Uh, rule 23-1 concerns free relief from loose impediments. Mikey out here trying to get every edge every, uh, every he can. Um, 23-1, except when both the loose impediment and the ball lie in or touch the same hazard, any loose impediment may be removed without penalty. 23-1. 23-1. Yep. Ask that question to every trunk slammer on their way into a tournament going forward. If you can't Excuse answer me, it, sir? you get the
0: fuck out. This is, this is Mike with Altitude Shot. Um, what is 23 1? Fuck off. <laughs> fuck off, college boy.
1: Sparse crowd today. We have 11 people at the Valspar Championship. Um, strict gating
0: policy today. Uh, <laughs> Due to recent events, there will be no galleries allowed. <laughs> by order of justin thomas <laughs>
1: innisbrook resort in tampa florida uh the cool kids call it copperhead or the snake pit uh if you know anything about me you know that i will probably never play here <laughs> if i can help it that's right um debilitating fear of snakes i'm concerned that they're going to show like snakes. shout out like, to like, Hissalot, a lot by the way yeah <laughs> yeah got you good you yeah, god <laughs>
0: And then I got a First of bur- all, then I, and then I birdied, and then I birdied the eight, did birdie which the eight. I had like never even parred before. Right? So you had to, I had to get you the fear of God. Yeah, in you. that's what it, let's talk about Hisslot though. Your dad was so nice to me know, in that moment. For those of you who do not know what Hisselot is, it's an Instagram account of a rubber snake and this rubber snake strikes when, when you least expect it. And so I bought one of these rubber snakes <laughs> on Amazon and, um, I have it stowed in my bag and I'm waiting for the proper moment. And Matt, who actually has like a proper phobia of snakes, like really doesn't like Indiana Jones, like fucking proper hates. Why would it have to be snakes? Like, dude does not like snakes. I have the Mr. Hislot sitting on the ground next Sir to Sir. Sir, sorry, Sir Hislot. Sir Hislot is sitting on the ground next to uh, next to Matt's bag. So he's coming back to put his driver in the bag from the tea box, and there he is. And it scared him half to death, which. Uh, to my absolute joy and excitement.
1: I still got ups,
0: man. I, but you know, my dad got me with it, and I'm not afraid of snakes, but like you can't help it. It's like, it's a physiological response. Like you see this fucking rattlesnake sitting there on the ground, and there's, I don't know, man, it's something, something deep inside.
1: Right, so you're howling with laughter and you're filming <laughs> it. My dad is like not at all concerned about uh, his son, his the son the like Instagram. running away in fear. He just like goes to check it out, and your dad like gave me this hug. He's yeah. like, it's all right, buddy. <laughs> like, I know my son's a prick. Yeah, don't to worry about it. <laughs> That's right. Um, it's a par 71, uh, 7,340 yards. It's actually it's a 10 yards, of a 10 course. yards longer than Mexico City, but at sea level. So this beast this, of this of will course. test people for sure. Your boy, Adam Hadwin <laughs> is a defending friend champion. of the
0: north. Adam Hadwin. Defending champion.
1: Yep, and uh, great beard on Hadwin, by the way. But as it says in the, the PJ Tour-like uh, kind of primer for the tournament, two straight top tens, so he's hot. So maybe maybe he'll be a fine DFL pick this week. I don't know, to be seen. Uh, pretty loaded field, probably the most loaded that this tournament has had. Um, it's, it's like 6.8, so it's kind of interesting. Like This is not a significant event on the Tour schedule. It, tr- traditionally, no. it has not been. Um, it's certainly not as important as Bay Hill or something which is you know coming up uh big field spieth rose sergio tiger rory adam scott stenson tony finau keegan uh friend of the pod sam burns uh played his way in the big easy will be there bo hostler zach johnson Louis hazen uh seamus seamus's birthday was yesterday by the way happy birthday happy birthday seamus on any other day seamus you would have gotten like multiple instagrams um about your birthday but you know the (laughs) The unstoppable force of Seamus' power met the immovable object of my love for Phil, so sorry. (laughs) Uh, Follow us back, by the way. I know you know that we like you. (laughs) We tag you in all our pictures. Um, And Smiley's in the field. Uh, Bill Haas is back in the field. So he's back inside the roast, good to have him back. Um, You know, took some time away, Uh, clear his head. They they talked about it today, said, look, you know, I can't, uh, on one hand, this has made me do a lot of thinking, and contextualizing about what I do for a living. On the other hand, I can't just like pretend that golf isn't important to me. It's like mm-hmm. the family business. Um, it's, you, you know, it's uh, the guy who passed away. I think his name was Mark, don't quote me on that, but he's like, it's what Mark would have wanted um, for me to be out here competing. So good good to see Bill back. Um, and we have a pretty full Hardo patrol. Uh, no Bubba Watson, but it'll be backfilled by Ian Poulter. So we got Bryce and J.B. Holmes, Billy Horschel, Annie and Ian Poulter. Um, Do you think Poulter will have the Ferraris stamped on his wedges this week? I saw. A, Given uh, the I saw. Haas a, a, situation? I saw a picture from. Oh, <laughs> I'm being honest. On this. I, I doubt it.
0: <laughs> it's. It's. We're talking about Poulter here. Uh,
1: maybe I guess we'll see. He um he posted a picture of like Rory's at the Honda Classic, uh, like. I guess Rory bought a Ferrari off of Ian Poulter, like Poulter sold it to him. He was like, oh, looking good, Rory. Like I like the paint you gave it, blah, blah, blah. And I left a comment. I was just like, why did you have to sell one of your cars? Um, Did not get a response, uh, which was surprising. Um, My pick, I'm taking Sergio. Uh, Sergio played really well this week. He has had success in the Florida swings in the past. I know he just went through a club change and, you know, played well in the Middle East and then, you know, was kind of missed first couple turns out here. Uh, Played well this week, looked the part um, and had some breaks go against him. He uh, had a couple, you know, like good-looking shots that like took a bad hop or something. Very easily could have won this week. Um, I think he's kind of getting probably mentally geared up to defend his championship at Augusta in about a month. Um, So, yeah. He, th- this course rewards patient players. This is a very long, difficult course. There's a couple like double dog leg par fives. Um, there's like this brutal stretch where there's like this long par five and these two like, you know, 500 something yard par fours. It's just, like th- this course is a lot of work. And as Sergio has gotten older, he's become much less, you know, petulant and far more patient and willing to take what the course will give him. Um, and he's also just, you know, swinging the club well right now and seems to be putting well. And like I said, I think mentally uh, he's gearing up for. For Augusta, so look for Sergio to put up a W.
0: I like that pick. Uh, I think Sergio has sort of been flying under the radar a little bit, but his game is solid. And to your point, he is focused on. You know, I think the 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 uh, the approaching date of the Masters is a nice reminder of you know just the type of player he is. And if the mental side of things is anything to a guy like Phil, um, I think it's equally important to a guy like Sergio. So. I like that pick. Um, my pick this week is going to be Jordan Speeth. He's been sort of flying under the radar as well, in the shadow of his buddy Justin Thomas. Um, but let's not forget who this guy actually is. He's Jordan Speeth. He um, he was a champion in 2015, I believe, at the Bar And certainly has the game to win it. I know it's going to be tough with this field, but um, I like the way he's driving the golf ball. I think this golf course eh, length is not going to be super helpful for uh, for for Rory. Th- or sorry, for Jordan this week. But his accuracy and um, strokes game through the hole is something that he's gonna rely on, and uh, I just think I don't know. I got a good feeling this week about him. I didn't know he won the Valspar. That's a that's
1: a fun fact. Mm. Um, okay, I agree. He's not played well this year. No. I think objectively he hasn't, and um, it's not like he's been horrendous, um, but he hasn't. Like I don't. I can't recall him being in contention yet. To win anything um it's early in the season i think this is a this yeah no is for sure um but like phil mickelson has more rider cup points than jordan speed that shocked me when i saw that today that is that is an aggregation of last year and this year so far is and phil didn't you know make the Tour championship last year he had like a mm-hmm. fine year but i think he was like 32nd in fedex cup points and the Ryder cup scores are i think primarily driven by money one and it's like 1.5x for money one in uh, in
0: majors, so I don't know. That's a hard be- stat though because you're getting stacked against by a, by an opposing captain that's like feels like the equivalent of your number two or three ladder guy in high school, you know, or college. They drop it down to like just smoke the dude in the match below. F- Phil's a hard guy to game against in a in a, a Ryder Cup format, but you look at a guy like Tiger or Rory or. Um, or speeth and it's like I just think that's a hard metric to measure people against. Um, but I don't know—is Phil the worst person ever to compare like Ryder Cup and Presidents Cup against? Like the guy's Captain America when it comes to that stuff. And
2: who's the guy that went toe to toe with with Rory in, in the Ryder Cup? I, I'm drawing a blank on his name. You Patrick Reed. Patrick yes. Reed. What happened to him? Was he is he just falling off? Yeah, the he hasn't done or? much. Weirdly, um, actually, he's, yeah. he's
1: ranked 13th now. Um, but to my point, like the the rankings are who you'd expect JT, uh, DJ, then Kepka kind of riding that US Open win and then Phil and then Spieth. And like, just a little surprising to me, yeah. given the, you know, certainly the narrative around each player for the last 12 months. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this isn't like this isn't like the the, uh, the Associated Press top 25. They're just like, yep, like, I don't know. I just I know Michigan State got the doors blown off by Michigan this week, but we're not going to drop them in the rankings because they have that Miles Bridges guy like. This is actually like empirically calculated and Phil has a higher ranking than Speed. That's just surprising to me. So I, I, I like your pick for, for Speed to come back and have a good week, because um, we haven't seen it out of him in a while. Um, DFL, um, Smiley's in the field, but that's too easy. Um, I'm gonna take Dylan Meyer. Uh, Dylan Meyer is a player at the University of Illinois. Uh, a couple friends of the pod uh, went to the University of Illinois. Steve Stricker went to the University of Illinois, despite his close association with Wisconsin um dylan's kind of a weird guy he uh he's very he's peacocking he he's one of those he uh he he wears like the clark kent glasses he has like a bleach blonde mohawk he uh good young player you know winning winning events up in up in uh up in illinois tons of swag um you know pretty unapologetic about who he is as a character and i think we'll see more of him um I like him, I think. I think I like Dylan, Um, but I don't expect him to fare very well on a course that's going to be this challenging in a field that's this strong. Um, I'd like to be pleasantly surprised because I I do think he would be a fun character to add to the weekly discussion. I don't think he's got any grandeur of turning pro immediately, but I think we'll see more of Dylan Meyer. Um, I don't think Mm -hmm. he'll play well this week. He's my DFL.
0: My DFL is former U.S. Senator from Massachusetts, (laughs) Scott Brown. Um no, Scott Brown is a thirty four year old player from Augusta, Georgia. Um he has been I don't know if you call him a, a journeyman. He's had actually quite he's one about seven. Stunt
1: m- Mike, do you know Scott Brown's current occupation?
0: The actual the actual former senator? Yes. I don't know,
1: lobbyist or something? No, is the ambassador to New Zealand? Is he really? Yeah. What the fuck is going on? <sighs> they just ship him away. <laughs>
0: Bye. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so Scott Brown, the golfer, is a 34-year-old guy from, I guess, Georgia. I wouldn't call him a journeyman. He's won $7 million on tour, um, but he plays uh, from University of South Carolina, Aiken, um, and he is, I mean, I wouldn't call... Aiken, that's where um, he's 69th that's in where Kisner's Fetich. from. He's 69th at the FedEx Cup, 138 in the uh, OWGR this year. Um, he's got a 70.9 scoring average. I mean, he's got decent stats thus far, but um, if you want me to be honest, I just thought it was kind of funny. Scott Brown. Yeah. Friend of the pod.
2: Friend really. of the pod, Scott Brown. Um,
0: yeah. So he's, I mean, he's, he's got a PJ Tour, uh, one PJ Tour victory. Um, never really done a ton, but uh, he'll be, he'll struggle this week for reasons unknown, and he'll be DFL.
1: Let's well, actually bonus. Where do we think Smiley finishes?
0: Actually, DFL. If it, like if D, like DFL? Actually dead fucking last.
1: I will give Smiley, he will beat whoever's in DFL by no, five does, strokes. No.
0: It's, I think he's just so inside of his own brain at this point. Like, I, mean, I don't know how you you look at your, your friends continually to you know, continually solid performance. And then you look at yourself and you're struggling to make cuts. You're struggling to keep your card essentially. Uh, and then just show up and, and prove the world wrong. I, I don't know. Whatever he's doing isn't working. I don't see him changing anything dramatically. So
2: he'll be back. He'll be back. <laughs> right. this, this time All right. next we, year. Uh,
0: we, we,
1: we killed your guy last week while you weren't here. Um, <laughs> And I really don't want to waste too much Effort on the guy because I think you're like the, a the narrative's the author. same. Is, is, like,
2: back, I don't know what guys, else to say. Don't like, I don't it, have to say it, anything. I'll be back. We don't have to waste any more breath. Just we'll let, we'll let time tell. Smiley, you know you're still my dude. You're gonna do it,
1: Smiley. Turn off this podcast and go practice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, topic three: uh, this distance report. So uh, there's been a lot of hemming and hawing recently that like DJ hits the ball too far and. Um, some of the, you know, get off my lawn crowd don't like that it's basically the players are now too strong and hitting it too far um, for, you know, like traditional courses to still matter. Like all these course records are being broken because people hit it so far now, you know, driver gap wedge into par five. People don't like it. Um, and I've heard the point made that, you know, baseball and golf are unique in that there's some of these original stadiums, original kind of arenas exist, right? Like Augusta's existed for you know the longest time and Pebble Beach and blah, blah, blah. And sure they get modified a little bit, but like Pinehurst number two, and they brought the US Open there a couple of years ago, they're like, we've like taken it back in time. There's all this like natural area, blah, blah, blah. And that's really only matched by you know Fenway Park and Wrigley Field and stuff like that. And so this idea that the tour could potentially outgrow its venues, I understand is a concern. Um, there was rumors of a rollback, like a ball that wouldn't go as far, um, kind of doing some restrictions on equipment and stuff. This report comes out today and it says that they measured like, you know, 20,000 drives over the last, like, you know, however many years, like 10 or 15 years. Um, and that driving distance is up. It's up six yards from last year, but over like a 15 year window, it's up like eight yards total. Um, and it's a function of club head speed being like a mile and a half per hour. Faster uh, than it was way back when and that has to do with the height of players has gone up The age of players has gone down and basically people are now practicing and training yeah. You know with trackmans and they're monitoring their bodies and working out more than they used to in the past This is somewhat controversial because basically you have these governing bodies putting out this report. I think with the goal of saying Here are the stats. Let's now have like an adult discussion about how much does this bother us? Do we need to do anything? And what you got in response from the PJ tour and the PJ of America saying like nothing to see here and we're not going to like acknowledge this conversation. Um, yeah. And so I, I don't know. I, I personally, uh, I, I think the loudest cheers you hear on a golf course come from people putting their wedges close, and making big putts, right? Like, that is what drives the game. That is the exciting point of the game. I also don't think the driving distance is so out of hand. Like, yes, DJ is DJ is something that we've never seen before. But, like, I don't think it's creating some, like, ridiculously unfair playing circumstance for him or for anyone, really. These guys just have, like, the most perfectly tuned equipment in the world, right? They, they are... They are athletic in a way they've never been before and they are perfecting their swings, like these launch monitors, so they know like they're meeting the ball like at just like the perfect angle, right? Whereas before you're kind of like, yeah, no, I kind of ballooned that one. Maybe I'm coming in too steep. Now they can just measure every movement. So for me, this is a a nothing to see here issue. Um, you know, Ian Poulter had a, a take on, he like posted a thing on on Twitter or whatever, and he basically said, you know, this idea that we're hitting the ball so much further year after year after year, it's like been demonstrably demonstrably proven false. Um, by the way, the equipment companies, the commercials that you see saying like, oh, you're gonna gain 15 yards, like, it's all bullshit, like a point that you made, you know, a month ago about the rocket blades or the, the whatever. Um, I don't know, to me, this is like, I have a, I have a feeling this is going to become like an annoying like back and forth between like the governing bodies and the tours and there's like some rule discussions that come up in the next, you know, handful of months here. I don't know. This might be uh, I, I, to, to me there's nothing here, but I think that this will be something that we end up talking about for quite a while.
0: It's it's actually quite interesting like when you have the ability to add um, objective data into any conversation you strip away the Brandel Chamblee's and Gary Players of the World's subjective opinions, which cloud the view of a lot of people. And you, play, you watch the coverage of an event and you have these very influential people that are commenting on the state of the game in 2018. And they, and they say things like, the golf ball has changed fundamentally the competitive landscape of the PGA Tour and it will never go back. We must change the golf ball. We must change the driver. Uh, the technology is ruining the game in ways that, t- uh, you know, Byron Nelson could never even have dreamed of. And it's like, stop it. Show me the actual data that backs up your point of view. And don't give me the, you know, well, I'm, I'm actually, you know, I don't need that because I have lived in this world. This is my game. And to your point, get off my lawn is such a trope, like tired trope that is, is not helpful. And I love that this report came out that was like no no no. We looked at the data. Actually, we looked at like all of the data, and what you're talking about just doesn't exist.
2: But even just control and feel and all that, you don't think that the that equipment
0: has. You got to prove it that? I definitely think the equipment's gotten better for sure. But to your point, right? Matt, but the what's courses gotten, have
1: gotten longer, and they like put holes in more challenging right. positions. And, and, and you know they what? You what Do you know what happened, to you know what happened though three to the game? Woods off Tiger screws, Woods. They used to say. You know Tiger I mean? Woods
0: showed up, and the game doubled. It's next generation of players, but the tour remained the same. So the the caliber of play went from a U.S. and European player base to a global player base. These are professional athletes now playing a game where Tom Lehman was like a dominant, (laughs) (laughs) a dominant athlete in its in his own regard. Like Dustin Johnson shocked the world. He had a he had a a sports or a a Golf Digest cover um, article where he talked about his fitness regimen. And they were like, he is the greatest athlete in golf. But if you hold him up against any other professional sport, he would be sort of right. That's what you do to be a professional football player, professional soccer player, professional basketball player, right? Yeah, you can do a squat on a medicine ball. That was pretty impressive. That was the cover shot. So Dustin Johnson applies that methodology to golf. And lo and behold, he can hammer the golf ball because he's a hell of an athlete. But he's treating the game like he would like he would if he was a professional basketball player or soccer player. Right. So unless you can show me the data that that says, you know, that <laughs> since the advent of the Pro V1 or since the advent of the, you know, the, the, the titanium driver, um, scores have gone dramatically down and, and drivers have gone dramatically up and that the golf courses are no longer able to keep up with that. I don't know. I mean, 7,400 yards at par 71, not even Dustin Johnson's going to overpower that golf course. So, like, I'm not sure what we're all afraid of. Well, they've, like,
1: tiger-proofed this, and that's become, you know, a a sobriquet for we've just made the course as long as shit, right, wherever possible. Even Augusta, they've moved everything way, way back. They've made rule adjustments. Like, They used to have, uh, there used to be irons that had, like, square grooves in them. Yeah. Gave the the, the club more bite that are no longer allowed. I know, like, Phil played some, like, 25-year-old wedge for a couple years because he was yeah, like, grandfather. well, he grandfathered, in. grandfathered yeah. it in and he like bought all these like, you know, clubs made in the late 80s. um But like they've done, thi- they don't use the ballada ball anymore. Like they've made adjustments that... Well, that's still legal. It's just been made obsolete. by well, the right. So... Way. Fair. But so, yes, equipment changes and like the players are stronger, but
0: I, I don't think anything's like... It's just a fire and brimstone that comes out of the mouths of people like, like I said, like Gary Player and Brandel Chambly who make these ridiculous statements with no data to back it up that gets into the narrative. And then that becomes the narrative, right? It's framing, it's classic, you know, media. Like that's what you do. You, you take an argument and you keep saying it over and over again. And then all of a sudden that becomes Jerry the reality. Play. I hate it, man. and it's like Chambly's had a bad week by the way. Oh, do you yeah. see his, do you see his tiger stuff? he was like if
1: tiger is half as good as he used to be that still makes him twice as good as anyone on the
0: tour and it was like shut up it's the hot take machine man like and i just think that the guy i love that this report came out and and shut everybody up like dude we looked at the data and you guys are wrong right i I would have loved to see gary player because like he he had that 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 phenomenal like tirade at the uh, chambers bay where just went off on we went off into the rhubarb patch like (laughs) talking about the the technology ruining the game like
3: I mean, it's actually a tragedy. It's 7,900 yards long. Can you imagine? The world is suffering from shortage of water. Can you imagine the water this course will take? I don't know. An average golfer playing this golf course, I'm telling you, if he's a 15, 16 handicap, he's going to shoot 110, and he's not going to go home a very happy man. We've got to make golf where it's quicker, where it's more enjoyable. Get back to their family. They're away at work all week we don't want a husband and a wife to argue because he's taking too long and neglecting his family life we're going about it the wrong way the golf balls and this is happening why are they building these crazy golf courses because they're trying to be defense it's in defense of the ball going too far we got to cut the ball back for the pro golfer leave it for the amateur golfer we're making golf courses longer and longer more expenses more water more fertilizer more labor People are resigning. They're taking a beautiful golf course, making undulating greens, bunkers in front of the greens, and the folks are resigning and golf numbers as far as amateurs are concerned is going down. We don't want to see that. We love the game. We gotta promote it in the right way. Professional golf has never been so healthy, but we're in trouble amateur wise.
0: I would have loved to have seen him with this report. It's like a flat earther, like a you know global warming denier. Like you know, like what? What do you like? The game is fine, and to your point, it's growing healthily in in the right areas. I think you know. There's things we can do to keep improving that. But the idea that you know your father's golf is going to be your son's golf is just not a reality. It's not. It, by the way, that's the same way in every sport. Like people talk about it in football, can't hit the quarterback. Ah, oh, the game is is becoming a you know touch football. Like you know. There's going to be challenges to rules. There's going to be question marks moving forward in all sports. Um, but until you look at the actual data, until you make objective decisions, um, you know, all you are is just some bloviating asshole on, you know, the golf channel. So,
1: anyway, yep. No, I, I right, hear you. Over. I think this is uh, this is much ado about nothing, and I I hope that um, you know it's not an annoying conversation that you have to keep having. But before I came over here, I had the Golf Channel on and they had like a quad box going of people giving their opinion of it. And it is easily the most robust argument I've ever seen on Golf Channel. There were people who were, like hemming and hawing about like, well, what does this mean to like, you know, the 99.9% of players who aren't pros, but like need to play under like, you know, official official USJ rules and blah, blah, blah. And it was like, you know, people getting mad at each other. Your, your, your boy Shackelford, like, you know, getting all pissed at some other guy. Um, it was... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think it's uh, it's something. I feel like we'll have this conversation again. Um, I
0: don't feel like this issue is very, very done yet. Yeah, it's, it's. You're right. It's never going to be one that's ever settled. I'm really, really glad that they used uh, some objective approaches to this argument to, uh
1: We love, we love data on the alternate shot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, enough of that. Let's recap the golf expo,
0: the Boston yeah. Golf Expo.
1: We had fun. So we had another bomb cyclone here in new england that's right um the seaport was like totally flooded <laughs> not totally flooded but like the when i when i left your place on saturday the that big red boat near like that long pier was like at street level <laughs> it was it was like concerning it was like the day after tomorrow when there's like a huge like boat going through downtown, down, Manhattan. downtown yeah well, i was looking at it and i was like we're like a foot away from this thing that's going like like crashing into 75 chestnut it was um right, right. It was wild. Um, Okay, but so the somehow the convention center was uh, or the World Trade Center was was dry, which was nice. Um, We had a good time. We learned a little bit about our swings. Um, We learned that uh, we learned that
0: Dave is Daniel Summerhaze.
2: Well, does that say a lot?
0: (laughs) So we went to golf. So Golf Tech had a had a booth, and they have it's cool. Like I'd never actually been to a Golf Tech, but it's cool. They have like a they have cameras that look at your swing and then they have this pretty cool monitor system where they can drag different lines and but the best part about it is that you're right Matt they they compare you to known or or they have other uh Would you say he's known? Film. That's the first I ever <laughs> No, but heard they have film, name. they have film of all the different players and all the different players have different swing types and they compare you to a tour player and they actually like put you you know side by side and the guy without missing a beat, right? That's what He goes. Well, exactly. Summerhay. He he's, He just watched your setup, and he was like, "Oh yeah." He's like went to the thing. He's yeah. like
1: dropping down, blah blah. blah. We Daniel tried Summer to Hayes. we tried to get him to find Smiley. Uh, Smiley wasn't in the system. <laughs>
2: um, yet, Daniel Summerhay The hits
1: keep coming for Smiley. Daniel is five foot eight, so not five off. Five foot
2: eight, gut hanging over his.
1: He's head. not a gut Guinness. guy. Yes. Five foot eight, B- B- <laughs> BYU guy. So you know he's got. You know. He's, you know he's a gentleman. Uh, 34-year-old guy. He's not some super old-timers. He's got two top 10s in majors. He's got 8.75 mil in career earnings. I don't know. You've been called worse. You've definitely been
0: called worse. I've called you worse. If
2: you think that that's good, I'll take it. But Daniel, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a hack, sir. You got the guy I knew immediately that... That
1: I was you and you were me. Who were you, man? How did it feel being hooked up to the like a bunch of wires and gauges and stuff? Like not to not to give you away too much, but I made a joke about you've you've been yeah. under the microscope physically before. How how was that feeling like?
2: Yeah, it brought me back to some of my old uh, some of my old combine days where yeah. I didn't didn't wow anybody. So <laughs> same thing, I guess. You know, <laughs> you had me.
1: Uh,
0: I did kicks like Daniel.
2: <laughs> 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 oh the. Oh my um, God.
1: I bet Summer
0: Hayes has a leg on him. He kicks like Daniel Summer. Um, I, I did not have Daniel Summer. I did not have a. Uh,
2: <laughs> He's got a kickstand on him. Maybe that's probably why they
1: need
0: kickstand Summer Hayes.
1: <laughs> um, ah. I did not have a professional peer. Um, peerless. I was peerless. I think that's what I said. No, they they uh, they didn't have the whatever the spacesuit that you were hooked into. They didn't for ha- uh, for lefties. Yeah, they yeah. They, for some reason it like wouldn't work with lefties, and then. Um, I don't know. I, I they just didn't like have one for me. They didn't have one for you either. You
2: got the Ernie L's shout out though.
1: They said that well,
0: that was more because I'm like a, a lumbering lanky. But I could like. see
2: that. You have the nice smooth looks like effortlessly, effortlessly. So. Yeah, the guy you have was the like
0: stents and swing. You have like the,
1: an aggressive forward press before you go yeah, and take away, yeah. and and you kind of hit the, like when you hit the ball, it is like a plane leaving an aircraft carrier, and <laughs> that it like drops first. So I don't know how it's so the it's punch like, cut slider, man. Yeah, I mean, the punch cut. You, like you hit these things, and the ball a lot is like of spin the ball on like a hundred percent goes down first, and then goes yeah. up, and I'm just like,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's actually it's a problem that. Um, every time in the beginning of the season, like you haven't, you haven't played in a while. And like, it's just so steep, the angle of attack, um, where you have potentially some divot issues, potentially some, uh, get that hard hook going. If the, if the face is just shut a little bit, Mm -hmm. it's coming from that out to in path. But, but you know, the golf tech guys were really cool. And I, I, like I don't know what they charge for a for a, for a session, but like a hundred bucks, but what I like about it is they're actually using the cameras a lot which is which is helpful because you can take that home with you and then watch the video over again, which I think is very helpful. I always have trouble when I get lessons, like bringing that to the round the next time I'm out there playing, you know if I don't play for for a week or so um and I think using the film that that type of stuff is super helpful. You don't get that everywhere. So I was impressed by that. That was cool. No, so was I. Um,
1: <clears throat> I guess we'll put golf tech under the what did we like? Yeah, I hear you though. They're like, hey, like give me something to think about. And the guys, yeah. like, the guy was like, well, there's not a lot here. And I was like, nah, dude. Like I'm I'm like a 15. Like there's plenty here. Like come on. Right. And um, he's like, well, you know, you bring your hands inside more than you do. Like your takeaways away from your body. And like I've had inside out has been a problem you know caused a lot of draws for me um and so it's like all right like back to the drawing board here um (laughs) but no his
2: handicap was do you think he had any business telling you how to swing i bet he's nasty i bet he's nasty yeah you can't
1: know that much about like the the correct swing swing path and stuff without at least being somewhat able to apply that to your own game
0: also you don't work at a golf tech if you don't like instruction if you don't if you're not into that like that's all they do you know it's one thing to work in the uh, the green grass business right at clubs you can do a lot of different things you can ultimately be you know a head professional you can work in different areas of that but if you want to be an instructor that's like a different path right and i think golf tech courts that type of a professional but
1: i also like that they sold
0: beer i did they not, did. I did i was not surprised that by coming. that yeah i was i was surprised too it was nice Oops. the uh the thing about the, the 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 expo is in boston i don't think the golf market's really big enough to support what it probably could be like i've never been to the the trade show or the, the pga tour show in um in uh, orlando but i've heard that's you know just absolutely massive sick yeah. but it was cool i mean there was i mean the big thing was mostly the golf courses from around the region had their own little booths and stuff like that but um the equipment was cool i hit the new ping driver which i'm not a ping guy but that new driver is freaking ridiculous man it's it's very pretty um Brita, britta was there she tried some new uh B-Dog. Teammates. B-Dog yep. Media. B-Dog was there. Dave's, Dave's, Dave's plus one Dave's was there. Dave's plus one was there. Dave's
1: fiance. Trying welcome back to the, to the pod. The pod. Dave. Protector protect her en- over the airwaves. Engage, Dave.
2: Engaged. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just have to say, I think it was all in all like, a little underwhelming. It was, um, we got pretty hyped for it, but it was, yeah. You
1: know. It was what I expected. Yeah. Um, was what I expected. I hadn't
0: been to one since I was a kid. The and long drive machine, being, the long drive machine <laughs> is inaccurate. Oh yeah, so they had this long drive contest where, like every, <laughs> like there were it was so funny. Like there were so many bored wives and girlfriends like standing in that line. There's just a bunch of <laughs> guys all fired up to knock the uh, the top guy off the peg, who was sitting at I think what 340 338. 338, and this is on a simulator, so it's like it's it's calibrated some way, right? But which way I don't know. But it wasn't it wasn't a TrackMan. It was like one of those more budget version ones that doesn't have the no doppler none of yeah. that like they just had a sharpie marker that was like scribbled on the ball try to give it something to look at and um i thought it was we're just making excuses because yeah. we didn't we didn't you know win the well I, drive. I, i've I some, i've i've the machine i personally but
1: well i've played with you enough and i've played with myself enough to know that you and i both hit the ball noticeably further than they gave us credit for
0: i'll take that i'll take that so
1: um so what did we like? We covered. What did we not like? We didn't like the calibration of the simulator. <laughs> I thought there was too much. There was not enough apparel. I wanted to buy some gear. And I was all like faceless gear. Yeah, like, I was
0: surprised at the lack of like swag. I, I was sort of a little, I mean, give me a sticker, Give me like, give me a, like a, a golf tee or something, you know? Give me a, something to remember your brand by other than your really shitty business cards. Like, You know <laughs> what I mean? Like it's...
2: Or the brush What was the brush? Who was the guy Selling us that the The, the golf fucking
0: road? brush Okay the, First of all You got so mad I like the brush guy <laughs> The brush guys These guys were selling These brushes They're like um, They're like a They're just a standard Wire brush That you would use You know Cleaning your clubs But it's on a little Snap elastic Not elastic But like a Retractable metal cord And then you can brand You know One side or the other And you these guys You can brand like three, both sides We're like three guys Right Wandering around And they you know, this is, a, this is a, a product that doesn't make money unless you sell like 600,000 of them to like, I don't know. Shark some, Tank. Yeah, some like ridiculous. You gotta, they're in the branding business, right? They're not in the, the, the you know, brush business. And this guy was hounding us for like 10 minutes talking to us. wouldn't let us leave. Okay. Wait, wait, hold on. Let, let me get the nearest competitor. Look at the, the look at the thickness on this wire.
2: He was about it. I've never seen a guy more, you know, excited about brushes. You gotta love the. You, know, you gotta love that.
0: Tell I love what? that. He's probably I making. I showed money
1: up now. late to that to that discussion. I. He's probably killing it. You know, dude. Like, like, he's guy's doing. He's an sales. Sales. Guy's probably <laughs> making <laughs> coin, man. He's just
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably he's like
1: a, a job <laughs> in retirement, you know. Um, what do we want to see next year
0: when we go back and sponsor it? I'd like to see a little more participation from, um, you know, the bigger brands outside of just the, you know. They, I mean, it was such a mailed-in effort, right? They had like one guy here, are the clubs, hit them. Like, I'd like to see a little bit more engagement. Like, here's our new product. Tell me why it's cool. Like, oh, the Cobra guy was like,
1: he was just like not friendly. He at was all. asleep,
0: man. That guy was, yeah. He, he seemed annoyed that we were there, and like, and I get it. Like, you, we're probably like the, you know, four hundredth person that's come over and asked to like hit it. But that's what you're doing. It's the you're showing off the 2018 collection of stuff. I wanted a little bit more engagement from the brands because I tell you what. Yeah, it's Boston, but, like, that place was pretty packed. There was a lot of people there, and a lot of people were excited to go. We were excited to go, and I just didn't think there was the same level of excitement on the other side, you know, to showcase the, the product. Yep. Maybe that's here we are in 2018, like, everything's done online, and they have these monster ad budgets, and they know that they're going to sell whatever many, however many golf clubs. But, I don't know, for an industry that's retracting and having trouble, um, I, was, I was really expecting more from them, and... Uh, I'd like to see that. Yeah, and I I gotta, you know, the
1: equipment companies for sure. Like I was expecting. Well, I was expecting more. Like, hey, like talk to me about your game. Like, what do what do you want? Like, oh, you should try this particular club. Like, you know, the 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 Cobra. Not to like pick on them, but like, I just kind of like pulled a seven iron from the bag and like hit balls into the net, and no one really talked to me, and no one asked me anything. No one's like, hey, like, what's your handicap? Like, maybe these aren't right for you. Blah blah. blah. Maybe you shouldn't be playing like the tour editions or whatever. Um you know you were trying out like the single eighth to shambo things i think the guy might have engaged that discussion for like four seconds right i just i would i was expecting to be uh acknowledged more in the equipment section um than, it's a classic than we retail were.
0: problem it's just it's just they i don't know they're not they don't understand how important they could potentially be you get somebody into a set of golf clubs and they're in that that set for at least a year probably more and then all the people that they meet and play with are gonna see that. Like, people forget how important that touch point is. And then people are ruthlessly loyal to their golf equipment brands, right? We are, certainly. And, you know, you, so you, you have these people that drive all the way down and come to the event to see the new Cobra or Calway or whatever it's gonna be. If you invest a little bit of effort from a brand perspective, you can make that a slam dunk experience for those people. They go home, they love it, they tell everybody, tell all their friends or they get on their podcast and they fucking trash you in front of millions of people, right? Like Cobra. <laughs> that's the, al- that's the alternative. Pod. And it's like not to say that, but like I mean, honestly, the, the the golf industry as a whole has a has a bit of a disconnect. They're getting much better at doing it through a, you know, through their tour players and everything else, but you know, trying to move equipment, that's what that's what puts these companies, you know, in the position to sponsor these guys.
1: Right? And a set of these things is like 1100 bucks, right? Or so a lot of like, money, you know. Talk to me for five minutes and tell me like got a good looking swing, like the right set of right set of irons might you know bring your handicap down to a ten Beautiful there fella, is
2: it? Huh, <laughs> yeah, really romantic on the club.
1: Oh, these clubs are per- you know I don't yeah. say this to a lot of people like this <laughs> this set is perfect is for hard, your swing. Yeah. yeah,
0: refrigerator salesman
3: line.
1: Yeah, just buy me a drink. Just talk to me. Tell me I'm pretty and like there you go. <laughs> it's not that hard. That's usually Dave's. That's usually Dave's area of expertise. <laughs> All right, let's close this thing down.
0: So. That's it for the week. We got the Valspar coming up next week. Congratulations again to Phil Mickelson. It was really cool to see him. Um, I'm really happy for you, Matt, more than anybody else. I'm
1: happy for me, too. It was uh, that was fun. And I'm happy. For, and I'm happy for Phil. He uh, <laughs> as, as much as I love him. He is a fantastic ambassador for the game. He's been a good mentor to the young players coming up.
0: Great human being. Unbelievable great, guy. Great, great
1: family, man. I can't say
0: enough about the guy. Still married. <laughs> oh. Kids probably look him in the eye. Anyway, yeah, I'm happy for me, too. Valspar next week will bring you the full breakdown and coverage of the event. Glad to have friend of the pod, Dave, here. We're going to have him back next week, hopefully. I'm happy to be back, guys.
2: I won't leave you hanging again. Congrats
0: again, man. For the Alternate Shot Podcast, I'm Mike. I'm Matt. And I'm Dave. And we will see you guys next week.